Monday night. It's cold. It's dark. What are you going to do? You're going to join the bubble that counts, the only bubble to go to. This is the Britpop bubble in the Britpop show. Monday night, let's all go together by Marion. You're listening to me, David Marsden, on the Britpop show, and am I excited to bring this show to you? Yes, I am. How are we doing, gang? Let me know how you're doing. That's not a rhetorical question. Actually, let me know how you're doing. You can click message on the app. Just tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you're up to. Uh, I'm, I'm just basically nosy. Uh, either do that or you can email me at contact at cotswoldsradio.com. If you really know me well, you can send me a WhatsApp. Now, why am I excited today? Because today we're doing an interview with not one but two members of Electracy. Amazing, amazing interview. And following the interview, I will be playing a world exclusive first time ever you will be listening to their single, their brand new single, first single in over a decade from Electricity, and it's called Marie Marie. I've obviously had a cheeky little listen, and it is amazing. It's, I was, I'm going to say it's, one, it's the top, one of their top three songs. I'm going to throw out that, particularly if you're called Marie. It's even better, obviously. Right, we started with a real upbeat banger. Let's go with a, another banger, but a slightly more measured one. 
This is Shed 7 and Chasing Rainbows.
Chasing Rainbows by Shed7. Um, you guys, have, you always step, step up to the plate. I had a message in from Steve, because I asked you guys what you're up to. Steve says he's on a ladder, precariously placed over the stairs, decorating the landing. Oh, joy. That reminds me, because I recently had my house redecorated, and it was by a guy who... Um, he's uh, he's a, a pilot, but he's doing this because he's you know because he's furloughed. He's doing this in his spare time. He made a mess of the bedroom, but oh my god, he was great on the landing. I know, I know, terrible joke. We've also had a message in from two people who are trying to sleep. Well, people. One's uh, Mabel the dog, who's trying to get to sleep, but is loving that song. And we also had a message from Jean in Australia, who's woken up at something like four in the morning and decided to listen to us live. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Anybody else wants to know, wants to let, let us know what you're up to, please do, because we love hearing from you. But... What does Chasing Rainbows mean? People love singing it, and you were no doubt standing up with your arms in the air, waving about, but what does it mean? Well, it's an unrealistic or fanciful goal, something that's impossible. And I would have said, a few months ago, I would have said that getting Electricity's first play of their single would have been Chasing Rainbows. It would have been unrealistic or a fanciful goal, impossible if you would. But it's not. We are going to play it before the hour is up. We will be playing their brand new single, Marie Marie. But before we do, I had the pleasure of talking to Nigel and Alex. And the first thing I spoke to them about was their smash hit, Morning Afterglow. Let's hear what they said about it. With Morning Afterglow, there were four songs that I'd written that were all in the same little scratchy demo I'd sort of recorded in the bedroom with the guitar. And I thought song number one and two were the brilliant big hits. And right at the very end of the tape, there was like two minutes of me saying, oh, here's this crappy little scratchy thing I've got. Ding, 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 ding. And Ali took one listen to it and he went, oh my God, what is that? And as a singer, you know, he's just more in tune with what's going to connect to the audience. And it literally, it was that simple. And you know, the whole thing, the verse is the same the first time and the second time, there's not that many lyrics. And in the middle, it goes, na, 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 na. So it was a pretty simple song and he just recognized straight away that that had something and it just kind of did it just kind of snowballed from there so because that's what i was about to ask when you wrote it did you know how good it was but it sounds to me like you didn't and somebody I else certainly did not <laughs> very definitely not but then ali definitely with that song there was a reaction to that that was unlike sort of anything we'd had before and i think that's more the thing that you you start seeing at your shows for example that huh, when we play that song, there's a reaction. And, and that's another piece. It's like sometimes you know when you write something, and especially when you record something. When you're in the studio and you hear that thing coming out of the speakers, there are definitely moments that I've had with that. And Morning After Glow was one of those. Jim had just joined the band on keyboards. And we were in a studio in Yeovil, a producer by the name of John Sweet, a lovely guy who, who'd really kind of helped immeasurably kind of get us from nowhere to somewhere because he sort of helped us to record these initial songs and we recorded Morning Afterglow and there was some Hammond organ on it and then Jim started playing the piano which is in the intro and then there's a sort of piano solo which is like the the least cool indie thing ever on a song right a piano solo and yet Morning Afterglow has a piano solo on it, and it works and I just remember hearing that piano going on and total sort of like chills on the back of my neck moment you know what i mean it was just like oh my god this sounds like something so sometimes you know
played Morning Afterglow and I've said to the audience, I don't understand why we don't talk about Morning Afterglow in the same breath as classics like Disco 2000 and Don't Go Back in Anger. Why do you think that is? Well, I am incredibly <laughs> gratified to hear you say some Obviously, that's pretty awesome. But the music industry is tough. It's a hard, hard industry. There's a lots of ups and downs. And obviously, we had some success. We did well for a while, a bit here and there. But, you know, we never sustained it over a long period of time. So, who knows? It was being considered to go in Notting Hill, the film. Ah. I think it would have made a massive difference had it got into the film. Yeah. But again, I think Morning After Go is one of those tracks that most people will recognise it and then go, was that Shed 7 or was that some, you know, someone else? It's one of those songs where the song is better known than the band. And Morning After Go, the, the video that was all going backwards, was another big point that the Americans went, wow, this is such a cool song. You know, it's an English song, so we can market the hell out of that one. It's the song that Oasis wished they'd written. That was kind of what people were saying at the record. The song that Oasis wished they'd written. Did you know that about Morning Afterglow? That's what people were saying at the time. I completely, I mean, I stand by it. That You guys know Morning Afterglow, you know Electricity, because I play it all the time. But why that song wasn't, an, wasn't even more stratospheric, I do not know. And I said it should be up there with classics like Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. And actually, I've been asked to play this by um, loads of people, by Rav, Wasim, Ali, uh, Mabel, Laura, all people want, all you guys want a bit of Oasis. So let's play, why don't we play a little bit of Don't Look Back in Anger, and you can compare it to Morning Afterglow, which is what you've just heard. I still think Morning Afterglow is better. Let me know what you think. Slip inside the eye of your mind Don't you know you might find A better place to play You said that you've never been But all the things that you've seen Slowly fade away So I start a revolution from my bed 
sorry about that, guys. It looks to me a little bit like there was a, a lot of uh, pause at the end of that, but I, I'm on it now. Right, there's a lot of people on Twitter who... Yeah, Twitter's full of nutters, isn't it? And there was a guy on Twitter. You're not supposed to repeat what they say because you're just um, perpetuating the the, the same uh, madness that they're perpetuating. But I'm going to do it anyway. This guy says, uh, here's what struck me about Oasis. They have no fast songs. They just lumber about at 20 miles an hour because it's a residential area. Music for people who can't dance, won't dance. They are rock, but they won't, don't rock. And what's the point in that? Now, that's what some people are saying on Twitter. I know, right? I, I'm getting, I can see I'm getting some messages in. So um, I, I'm obviously uh, stirring the hornet's nest, which is what I like to do. But Noel Gallagher was so excited about the potential of that song that when he first wrote it, he used an acoustic set to perform it like a work in progress version. He didn't have the second verse and there were a few slight lyrical differences. And that was at an Oasis concert at the Sheffield Arena on the 22nd of April, 1995. He said at that point, before playing it, they'd only written it the previous Tuesday and that he didn't have a title for it yet. And apparently it reminded him of a cross between all the young dudes and something the Beatles might have done. Um, he also said about Sally, referred to in the song, I don't know anybody called Sally. It's just the word that fits. You know, might as well throw any girl's name in there. And he did. He said, it's not about being upset about the things you might have said or done yesterday, which is quite appropriate at the moment. It's about looking forward rather than looking back. I hate people who look back on the past or talk about what might have been don't we all and apparently they uh, they were playing that and liam said to him what are you singing there and Noel wasn't really singing and he said are you singing so sally can wait and uh, Noel was like that's genius that's in now uh, locked down i mean you know what a story uh, right so there's a lot we can talk about about that song but we're not going to talk about them today remember we are talking here to talk about electricity let's have a bit of super furry animals and then a bit more from that electricity interview you're listening to the Britpop show on Cotswolds Radio. Songs that smash you in the face.
juxtaposed with you. Very mixed reaction to that song. We've had some people going, hmm, disco, not sure about this song. Oh, I don't know. Uh, and then we've had a, a message from the King of Woking, who messages in regularly to the show, just saying top tune with a thumbs up. But we're not here for the super furry animals, are we? No, we are not. We are here because it's all about electricity tonight. So let's find out about their best ever gig. Favourite gig? Oh, Glastonbury. We played Glastonbury on the second stage. We played right after Dogstar, Keanu Reeves' band, and right before Hole, right before Courtney Love's band. So there's a nice picture of Ali hanging out with Keanu Reeves, which is kind of cool. I remember we played, and it was kind of like early evening, like maybe 6.30, 7 o'clock. So, I mean, you know, it's June, so it wasn't dark. It was just sort of maybe slightly gathering dusk. And I remember we played Morning Afterglow towards the end of that set, and I just remember playing it. And there were probably 20,000 or so people at the second stage when we were playing. And I just remember hearing all these people singing Morning Afterglow, especially the last chorus of it. And that was just unbelievable, just total yeah. magic, you know, just hearing that. And that was, I think, by far the biggest audience we ever got a chance to play to. But it was just a lot of people singing a song that I'd written five years previously. So that was just mind-blowing. Beautiful. Amazing. Loads more to come from those guys before the end of the show, including their new single. But you thought that last one was disco. Let's rack it up a notch. Let's have Groovy Train by The Farm. Look 
Ruby Train is getting a lot of love from you guys. The Farm, Jaunty, who uh, does a show on Cotswolds Radio as well. Excellent show. Follows this one. Stay tuned for that one through the decades. Love Jaunty's show. He says he loves a bit of Groovy Train and Spartacus, the album. And David, not me, there are other Davids. He says Groovy Train, another band I saw in an oldie slot at a festival. Obviously, people were only there for this and all together now. I know, do you know what? I, I don't think there's any other songs I could or would play. Uh, we are sort of pushing the envelope a little bit of Britpop anyway. I do love looking at our listener stats. We've got, currently got people listening in France, United States, Australia, Colombia. Can you believe it? All from a, an old prison in Northleach. I know, right? Right, we're here for electricity and all things that are electricity. But we are, of course, the Britpop show. And I, I have to ask them, didn't I? What is your favourite Britpop? Well, I think it was Britpop song, but let's, let's hear what I had to say. I think we're the Britpop show. So what's your favourite Britpop song? Well, I was thinking about this because, I mean, when does Britpop end? I have big arguments with my audience about this. People say that the peak of Britpop was either the Nebworth gig, Oasis's Nebworth gig, or it was the Oasis versus Blur chart battle. That was the peak. Um, That was 95, wasn't it? That was 95, and they reckon it ended in 97. And some, some people say no link. Around the death of Diana was when Britpop died. Right. I pushed the envelope quite a lot. Right. Well, I mean, Supergrass, In It For The Money album, I love that. Yeah. I mean, that was played a lot. Late In The Day is one of my favourites on that. But then sort of going forwards, Super Furry Animals, Rings Around The World. Right. I mean, that is a record. Yeah. I mean, such a shame. I've been trying to find it on vinyl. I don't think, I think it just fell through the gaps, that one. I think I'm going to, it's an interesting one because there's obviously so much, right? There's so much stuff and there's obviously the big, you know, oasis things. But I think I'm going to go with something like Sandstorm by Cast because for me, it sort of epitomizes what Britpop was before it became aware that it was a thing, right? It was just kind of this innocent jangly moment in the sort of late 90s before it became, oh, Britpop. And I just think there was something about that sound and them. And there's a bunch of bands that, you know, that sort of fit that bill. But yeah, I love that, love that track. And it just sort of captures that energy before Britpop became this thing. You know what I mean? Well, look, if they request it, you've got to play it, haven't you? This is Late in the Day by Supergrass. And then we'll probably play Cast by Sandstorm so that the band don't have a big argument about it. But then we've got a bit more from Electricity. And then after that, We've got their new single coming up late in the day, Supergrass.
you guys were loving that. And if Nigel and Alex, if you're listening, everybody is happy with your choices. We have Paul from America saying, loving the interview, and he picked a tune. And this other one, this next one is a tune as well. Sandstorm by Cast. I had a message from John. Uh, John saying, Cast are by far the best band of the Britpop era. Live, they are magical. I know, I know. I went to see them live once, and they played this song called History, and they did something with this guitar pedal, and they were blasting it out, and it felt like my soul was vibrating. It was so loud, but it was great. What, what a song. I read a message from Bok. Top show as always. And Bok is a member of GGAC. If there's any other members of GGAC listening, let me know, because I would love to hear a shout out, give you a proper shout out, but only if listening. No point otherwise is there. Right. We're here for electricity, aren't we? One purpose, electricity interview. We're coming up to their exclusive single. We're coming up very soon. But first of all, let's find out what their favorite electricity song was. So what, what is your favorite electricity song? Oh, that's a good question. Ooh, probably Cosmic Castaway. Because that's the one, even though I know not everybody in the band is so fond of it, because I, I didn't like capture so much of them. It is more tightly controlled to what's in, was in my head. But the fact that it did do that and it kind of worked, I mean, it kind of pretty much captured what was in there. So 
so much of the journey of, of, you know, I think most people as musicians and as recording artists, especially if you're a writer, you're just trying to get to come out of the speakers something that resembles what's been going on in your head. It's a rare trick when that happens. And obviously part of the joy of collaboration with other people is that sometimes there are magic moments that occur when what comes back out of the speakers exceeds what is in your head. And that definitely, Morning Afterglow, when that piano went on, that was one of those moments where it's like, oh my God, hearing Steve do all the, the stuff he did on Foot Soldiers, which I then edited on with some old digital machine. And then we used that editing from the digital stuff on the final record. I would never have expected that. So there's all these moments that occur from collaboration where it actually takes it up a notch. But sometimes, like Cosmic Castaway, it just captured what was in my head. So at least the recording of it kind of is like, yeah, that's what I was hearing. And that's really hard to do. These days, it's so easy. I have a studio here at home, and I can spend as much time as I want getting it to sound the way it's in my head. And back in the day, that was not it at all. I mean, it's thousands of dollars a day to be in the studio, so you better get it right. You've got to capture it right now. And it's a very different experience, you know. So I think from a recording perspective that would probably be the favorite one but then from a songwriting perspective i got a real soft spot for tracks like 19 and queen of the crimson nile if you pick up a guitar queen of the crimson nile is just such an easy sort of like oh i can just bang this along like if if i'm at someone's house and they're like oh I'll play us something i can just pick up a guitar and go bang 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 and play that and it's like oh that sounds good so there's songs that are just fun for different reasons you know do you want to know what alex said that <laughs> yeah, what did, what did he say? He said, Rocket Man. Oh, yeah, God. Which, did we ever release that? I can't remember. No, that. you didn't, because I had to say, what is that? <laughs> yeah, right. So that was a song, which we still, I guess, yeah, we never released it. God. How fascinating was that? Hearing about a, a true wordsmith and a, a real genius at songwriting, just letting us know a little bit of an insight into into what goes into a song like that. Absolutely love it. And if you liked the songs in the background, they were, of course, electricity songs because, you know, I put a little bit of effort into this into this show now and again, and they were playing some electric songs. Not just that, they were playing songs that he mentioned at the time he mentioned them. Very clever. I know, I know what you're saying. You don't even need to send in messages to tell me it was clever. I already know it. Right, we're going to play some something by the Wannadies, and then after that, it is the big time. It is time for Marie Marie by Electricity. In fact, if there are any Maries who are listening, let me know and I will dedicate it to you. This is the Wanna Dies, You and Me song. Always when we fight I try to make you love Till everything's forgotten I know you hate that
You and Me song by The Wanna Dies. That one goes out to Ali. Now, we've got Nigel's just going to tell us his motivation behind Marie Marie, and then you will hear it. This is what my, Nigel says about Marie Marie. Actually, that was written as very much a follow-up to Morning Afterglow. Again, another story of unrequited love on my part, I also remember. Her name wasn't Marie, it was actually Amy, that much I do remember. And, and there's actually references in that song, I think even in the chorus, it actually references Morning Afterglow, and there's this sort of interesting sort of interplay between the songs, which is kind of Beatles-esque in a way. I know that's something that they did quite a bit. Kind of Beatles-esque. Are you guys ready for this? I know, right? Uh, and we do have a Marie listening. That's, this is the far-ranging reach that this show has. Marie in West Moors, Snowy Dorset. This is for you. If we had another Marie, it would be very apt, wouldn't it be? Marie, Marie. But Marie in West Moors, Snowy Dorset. This one was... Let's pretend we've just ignored what Nigel just said. This one was written for you. This is Marie Marie by Electricy, and this is the first time anyone in the world has heard this on the radio, and it's released on the 15th of February, if you like it. Marie Marie.
Electricity are back. That, now I'm not just saying it, I absolutely love that song. That is going to be released on the 15th of February. And there's an album that's going to follow in early March. I'm very, very excited about it. Obviously, if you want to hear that song again, we're going to be playing it a lot on Cotswolds Radio. But that was a world exclusive. No one has ever played that anywhere. You guys are lucky people, I know. Let me know what you think about it. We've had a message in from Ed who said it was it's Beatles and Oasis-esque, which I'm, I'm more than happy. I'm sure the band are very happy to hear that. Anybody got any comments on that? Any thoughts? Let me know. Marie, Marie, especially you, Marie, in Dorset. Let me know what you think of it because it wasn't written about you. Nigel said that, but what can you do? While you guys are gathering your thoughts, let's have some Film Star by Suede. Yeah. 
film star by Suede. And I've done it again, we've run out of time, 6.57pm, so we're going to have to wrap it up. Can I please say thank you to Alex and Nigel from Electricity? They are legends for doing the interview. Now, I know it's not cool to play the same band twice on the show, and I know it's not cool to play the same song twice on the show, but I don't care. They were good enough to give us the song, so I'm going to play it one more time so you guys can listen to it on the way out. This is Marie Marie by Electricity. The actual Marie in Dorset says she can't wait for the album. The album's out in early March. This single is out on the 15th of February. Electricity are back, people. Let's see what we can do to push them up the charts. Thank you so much again for listening across the globe as you do every week. Uh, Thank you especially to Electricity for doing that interview and for giving us this song. We will be playing it on repeat on Cotswolds Radio. So make sure you listen in. And and for me, uh, I'll be back. I'll be back next Monday. After this, we've got Jonty's show through the decades. Make sure you listen to that. But from me, thank you once again for listening and see you on the flip side. <laughs>